Okay, today's guest is a guy named Sam Bakhtiar. I was introduced to him recently, and he is a champion bodybuilder. He's a doctor. He's an author. He's a very successful businessman, multimillionaire, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be rapping about delayed gratification. But before we get into it, I want to tell you a little bit about this coaching program that I've launched recently called Unleash the Best You, and it really was designed from all the different coaching programs that I went through over the, the last several years as I was on a quest to really become the best version of myself and really reinvent myself. Nine years ago, I was uh, a washed up nightclub promoter with an alcohol and a drug problem. I was dating an ex stripper and life was just a mess. I would wake up in the morning and I really, you know, that was probably the worst time of day for me because I woke up to the fact of the reality that I, created for myself and I didn't like it. And I really, I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to make changes and I really just wasn't sure what to do and how to go about it. So I started meeting with coaches not long after that. And through the exercises that I learned, I was really able to, you know, just transform my entire life. And now I wake up very excited about the things I get to do with my life. Uh, You know, it's far bigger and better than anything I could have ever imagined for myself. And it just continues to get better. And, uh, you know, I've written some great two, two best-selling books and I've started a, a great nonprofit that I'm very passionate about. I've actually traveled around speaking, have this podcast, and I just want to help others uh, make the changes that I made. So if you're out there and you want to make significant changes to your life, if you're a you know, man or a woman, but if you're a female uh, specifically and you want to become that Proverbs 31 woman that the word talks about, you know, like she was a hustler. And you need to know exactly what to hustle on. And I can help you figure that out. And I can help you set your life up in such a way that you actually are able to accomplish the things that you identify that you want most. So anyway, you can go to unleashthebest.com to learn more about it. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And also, you can check out CityFam. And that is the nonprofit that I just mentioned that I started. And it really is about helping people uh, find a tribe to do life with as they become the best version of themselves. So as you go out after your purpose and you start pursuing your, your God given vision, you need people around you, uh, things to do and people to do them with, because it's impossible to become the best version of yourself by yourself. You, you need to have a tribe and you need to have social uh, options, op- options for fun things to do. So you don't go back to doing the wrong thing and you need to be giving back of yourself you know, serving in your community and serving each other. And that's really what CityFam is all about. So you can check that out at CityFam.com. You can join the fam. It's completely free. And uh, if you're serious about bringing CityFam to wherever you are from, you can actually just send me an email, Rob at CityFam.com. Include your location and I'll make sure that your information gets passed on to the right person and we will do our best to connect you with other people in your area that want the same thing. So uh, without further ado, let's get into actually one last thing. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you uh, hit the subscribe button, leave me a a, a short one or two sentence review and uh, leave a, make it a five-star review. If you don't mind, it helps other people find it. And um, yeah. So without further ado, let's talk to Sam back TR.
Okay, today's guest is none other than Sam Bakhtiar. And Sam is a doctor, a CEO, author, world-class bodybuilder, and multimillionaire entrepreneur. After surviving a series of bombings and near-death experiences, Sam Bakhtiar left his home country of Iran as a skinny 11-year-old refugee with his single mother in 1985. They arrived in the U.S. with $500 and one piece of luggage. After taking up bodybuilding and winning Mr. Los Angeles and becoming first runner-up in Mr. USA, he started a personal training business that required him to work 18 to 20 hours a day. Barely able to make ends meet, his mortgage payments were late for two years. He now runs a fitness franchising business, the Camp Transformation Center, with 110 locations. He also has two supplement companies and is the author of the popular books, The Total Body Transformation Secrets and Becoming a One Percenter. Welcome to Kowalski Analysis, Sam Bakhtiar. Rob, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor and privilege, and I can't wait to get going. Yeah, isn't it always weird when you hear somebody read your bio like that? You're like, man, this guy sounds important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made me sound a lot better than I am. I appreciate that. So have you read all those books behind you? Not all of them. I would say about 60% of them. That's a lot. So you, is that pretty much a daily discipline of yours, is reading? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's my spa. That's my nail salon that's my <laughs> massage therapist you know that's where you know this office is where i come de-stress just grab a book and read a few pages and that 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 to me is, is my way of just zoning out yeah i think well i think i heard that warren buffett reads something like four hours a day something crazy i believe so man i mean i believe yeah. so. well you know it works for him so i'm i'm, I'm going to emulate that yeah I, well, you seem like you're you're on your way so uh, let's just kind of talk a little bit about your, your childhood. You grew up in Iran until you were 11 years old. What was that like? Well, it, it was crazy, you know, because when I was three years old, you know, we went to war with Iraq and Saddam Hussein and we were getting bombed on on a nightly basis. And uh, at, at the same time, my mom and my dad got, you know, split up, you know, and, um, you know, and I never saw my dad after that again. So it was crazy growing up, you know, looking back at it, you know, you know, it was just a way of life. You know, I didn't really know what was, you know, when you grow up, you're getting bombed on every night. You thought, oh, that's normal. You know what I mean? I <laughs> you know what I mean? You just say it's normal. So that's what we were doing. So you came here, it was you and your mom, and, you know, it had to be a pretty, pretty big culture shock getting to America. Huge culture shock. Huge. Yeah. You know, I was expecting to come to Beverly Hills. You know, because right. that's what I saw on TV. My, my, yeah, you know, when I was researching America, they didn't have Google or Yahoo there back back then. You know, you know, I was watching, you know, American TV shows, and uh, I thought America, everybody was a multi-millionaire, everybody had Bentleys and mansions. Well, I came to a little, you know, very blue-collar town called Sharon in the state of Pennsylvania, where I was the only minority. It was a, you know, it was an old uh, steel mill, you know, town that all the steel mills got shut down was depressed and in 1985 it was in the middle of crack cocaine epidemic. Wow. You know, in which my uncle, the only relative we had in the US, had a convenience store in the worst part of the neighborhoods. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've read I read one of your uh stories about it. you said your relative picked you up in this old beat up car with smoke coming out the back and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a Fiat. It was a Fiat 124. It had so much rust and, you know, so much rust on the body panels. You know, it, it smoked the whole time. It was a manual transmission. And uh, I mean, 
I don't think up to this day I've seen any anything worse than that. Well, you know what fiat stands for, right? Find something. What is it? Fix it again, Tony. Yeah, it's so true. So <laughs> true. Um, so when did you're on the West Coast now, though, right? Yes, I'm on the West Coast now. Yep. When did you move out there? You know, once I graduated college, you know, I wanted to go to grad school, and uh, the two, two, you know, uh, I want to become a chiropractor. The two top schools were either, uh, you know, Palmer in Iowa or Los Angeles College of Chiropractic in LA. I wasn't going to Iowa. <laughs> One small town was enough for you, right? Yes, for sure. So, so you went out to LA for school. Were you bodybuilding at the time? Yeah, I started bodybuilding when I was in college. Okay. You know, you know, you know I started bodybuilding when I was like, uh, my first bodybuilding show, was, I was like 18 or 19. Mm. I fell in love with it. And throughout the whole college, I was, I was, you know, training, I was, you know, eating, I was meal prepping, I was doing all the kind of stuff. I was, I was competing the whole time. I was, I was doing all that and going to school and working. Wow. Yeah. I, I was in, I did some bodybuilding shows in my early twenties. I went to the Arnold several times. My ex-girlfriend actually got sixth place in the fitness, the second fitness Olympia, I think it was, or maybe there was wow. the third one. Yeah. So we were, I was all in, you know, and it's such a crazy subculture bodybuilding. Yes. But once you get bit, like, so did you win your first show? I got my first show. I won the teenage division. Right. So you were bit. Open, I, was, I was spoke in open men's. Yeah. Well, if you win, you're, that's what I tell people. The best thing that could happen to you is you lose. <laughs> because I got fifth place out of eight guys in my first show. And, you know, I had this, I had this big cycle saved up that I was going to do. I thought, you know, I would look at the magazines and I was like, I'm going to be a pro, you know? <laughs> That was, and then you you see a pro, and you're like, holy shit! Holy shit. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Dorian Yates in person at the Maryland, and he was he was on an off season, and he looked like a baby elephant. I mean, he he was so big, he didn't look human. Yeah, I, I mean, the first time I seen a pro was at the Pittsburgh Bodybuilding Championship, you know, and I would just start getting into you know bodybuilding, and I saw like Porter Cottrell or Mike Matarazzo. You know, and I was like, holy crap. I saw Dorian Yates in the Pittsburgh and I was like, holy crap. Right. All yes. the work that I have to do. Yes. Whole different dimension. Yeah. Do I even want to look like that? That was my thought was like, I don't think I ever want to look like that. So, um, so you, you were bodybuilding. When did you compete? Like when the, the Mr. LA and the USA, what years were those? Um, Mr. LA, I competed in 2004 and 2005 and Mr. USA the same because they're one week apart. So I did Mr. LA, then I went right to Mr. USA. So um, I won Mr. LA my weight class in 2004. And then in the USA, I got um, third place. And in 2005, I won overall in LA and I got runner up Mr. USA. That's when Phil, Phil, Phil Heath won. That's, I mean, just to win the LA, I mean, because there's so many bodybuilders out in LA, that's a pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. So, and you were married at the time? Um, yes. Yep. Okay. Is your wife in the, in the business? Is she, was she competing too or no? Yeah, she was competing. Yeah, she was going, she was doing the, the, uh, uh, the bikini competitions and all that kind of stuff. No, they didn't have bikini. It was, I forgot what, what it was back then, you know, but it, not, not the figure, you know, maybe fitness, whatever, whatever it was. And yes, she was, she was, she was competing. So, you know, two individuals dieting at the same time. It's not, it's never fun. Right. No. 
it's actually kind of, yeah, it's kind of a selfish sport when you look back on it because you know it's all about you <clears throat> and how you look. Um, so, what? Tell me about the rock bottom. Like, was there a point because you started the personal training business? You know, basically working a ton of hours, not really seeing the fruit from your labor. Like, what was there a, like a rock bottom point for you or? Oh, I, I've had so many rock bottoms. Which one? You know what I mean? I mean, like, like, I mean, I've had rock bottoms several times in life. You know, I, I had the rock bottom, you know, when I first got out of college. You know, I, I thought I was going to start making some money, but I didn't. You know, student loans were calling me and creditors were calling me. I filed for bankruptcy because I didn't know what to do. So I thought I was going to come out of college and everybody was going to throw their money at me. You know, that's what I was taught. My second rock bottom was, you know, um, you know, when I started my business and I started doing decent, but then a recession hit and wiped me out and I was overextended. You know, I didn't know about ups and downs of the economy. I wasn't smart with my money. You know, my house was being foreclosed on, you know, and I was, you know, I was getting, again, calls from creditors and all that kind of stuff. I went to work on that. Finally, I started getting the business back up and running. Then I got served with divorce papers and that was a whole different blow, a whole different kind that I haven't seen before. You know, and, you know, life is a series of ups and downs. You yeah. know, it's a series of, of highs and lows is this what you make out of it right so what's the key there is like when you hit a low is like because I, I have my own beliefs about that where it's like you know i've had i have to hit the reset button plenty of times i mean sure i've had as big i've had some big ups and downs but i'm thinking about like the small ups and downs and i see a lot of people when they don't learn to manage those emotions well they do something to de derail the whole freaking train. You know, like you get, you hit a, a point where you're depressed and you, somebody that's been sober goes out and uses, and then they're like homeless, <laughs> you know, like versus just saying, okay, relax, you know, go to sleep. Maybe tomorrow it'll be different. But yeah, what advice do you give to kind of, to manage those dips? Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And it's all small stuff. Right. That's, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the first advice. The second advice I will tell you, second thing I will tell you is how many times you thought it was over, you thought there was the worst thing that could happen to you and you came out better as a result of it. Yeah. Every devastation, every setback that I had, it was a stage and a setup for a comeback. I came yeah. out better and stronger out of every one of them. And you have to understand in life, you know, there's gonna be obstacles. Right. And you just got to overcome. Yeah. I love the Tony Robbins talks about everything. Life is happening for you, not to you, you know, where basically everything that that's happening is, is kind of conspiring to, to help you get to the place that you want to get to. I think it's like when we don't, if we don't believe that, I just think about something that happened to me like about a week ago where I'm working on this book and this whole consulting business with this group of four of us. And one of the guys, he was all in, and then he just out of the blue, he's like, I'm out. And we're like, what, huh? They just, you know, so I, I told everybody, I said, just pump. I said, don't stress. I said, I've seen, you know, I'm a Christian. So I was like, I've seen God do some things like this before where something comes out of left field. You're like, don't even understand it. But then later on, it makes sense. You're like, cause you say, Oh, that's why it happened. So literally two days later, this other person just came out of nowhere and they're even, they're like probably a better fit for what we need at this point. And it was like, Oh, that's why it happened. Now I could have freaked out and been like, you know, this is bullshit and like whatever gone out and done something. Cause I felt rebellious and pissed off at the world, you know, at God specifically, like, but it's like you said, where 
it seems like it's the end sometimes and it's it's a setup for for something better but you got to kind of weather it you know and give it a little time to see it play out absolutely so um what what do you okay i want to talk about delayed gratification because i've heard you talk about that like when you know i watched the youtube video earlier and i know you're on a podcast where you discussed it but um so what has fitness done for you specifically like is it you have obviously a lot of financial success and business success. Has it, has it carried over? Did you learn a lot of that? What you learned in bodybuilding that's been able to apply to the business world? Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, like you said, man, one of the most important things in life, one of the biggest, uh, biggest measurements of how someone can be successful is emotional intelligence, which comes with delayed gratification. You know, in bodybuilding, you know, when you get ready for a show, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Yeah. When you go through that process, you have to have a lot of discipline and you have to delay gratification. You can't have that hamburger. You can't have that cheeseburger. You can't have that pizza. You can't have that drink. You know what I mean? So you have to stay on course with your plan. You have to stay consistent with your plan. You have to keep delaying gratification from outcome. You know, and the same thing works with life. Mm. The same thing. With life. I mean, everyone knows there was a, there was a study, you know, in, at um, Stanford in the 1940s. You know, it was called the marshmallow test. I know you know all about it. Love it. I actually wrote about it in the book. Yep. Yeah. You know, and uh, the marshmallow test basically was when they tested a bunch of kids and give them a marshmallow. Said for every marshmallow you don't eat, you know, you get another one. And then they saw which, which kids eat it, which kids didn't. And the kids who were able to not eat the marshmallow ended up being the most successful ones growing up. And that's so true, especially in the today's microwave society. We want things right now. We want things to get done now. We want success fast. We want six pack abs fast. We want, you know, to be a millionaire fast. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. No, man. I, so I wrote a book. I think I told you about it called why waiting works. And it's really about, uh, practicality of waiting to have sex and you know i people argue it all the time with me and they're like no that's bullshit and whatever i'm like look there's a principle that you cannot deny that exists in the world it's called delayed gratification people recognize it being true in almost every area of life they don't want to recognize it in the area of sex they go no 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 it's not true and that no it's true in everything there's no there's nothing that's not true in. i can't think of one thing where instant gratification will give you long-term happiness I don't think there is one. I wish I would have done that when I was growing up. And I'm going to preach that to my children. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said, man. I mean, look, anybody can have sex. I mean, anybody, you know, you know, you know, you know, but unfortunately, like we were grown up, you know, as guys. Yeah, man, you know, you know, the more ladies you get, you're a ladies man, and you know, this, you're designing all that kind of stuff. Anybody can get laid. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, is, is who can, you know, say you know save themselves for the right person because i believe that every time you have sex you give a part of yourself away to someone yeah you know is that person worth it you know give me a part part of yourself too yeah and then of course you run the risk of getting just stuck with the wrong one which has happened to me over and over again or they were they were stuck with the wrong one let's just say but so you know like i i don't it it seems like you were pretty driven from a young age you know obviously with with the medical school and the bodybuilding and you know, even making your businesses work. But, you know, like when I read that marshmallow test, uh, I studied that for the book. It's a lot of those kids, it's almost like they had it, you know, they had, they were born with it. But I believe that 
any discipline can be developed. It's a, it's a muscle that can be strengthened over time. You know, it might not have it now, but if you, which is where I, what I really even like about working out was when I first became a, uh, a Christian, like I had no experience uh, abstaining, you know, from sex at all, like zero. But I under, I did understand the principle of delayed gratification. And I was like, man, you know, like you don't see much of the purity and the bodybuilding world. Um, but those people definitely understand delayed gratification. They do. They do it all the time. They go to the gym, they eat healthy, they do cardio on an empty stomach. I mean, you put yourself through some grueling shit when you compete, do a bodybuilding show. So the principle is there. And I just feel like more people understood it. Um, you know, maybe they'd be more prone to do it, but like, I'm trying to think where I was even going with that. <laughs> um, so do you believe that it's something that can be developed over time? or is something that you're born with? No, I, you know, I think you're, you, you, you definitely, certainly some people are more motivated, some people are more driven, you know, uh, from the get-go genetically. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that you can develop over time. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, I know, you know, you know, some people are just, you know, they're okay just to have a nine to five. Yeah. They're okay, you know, they're okay just being comfortable. And some people will just want better for themselves. But um, if you have the desire and you're willing to work that discipline muscle or the delayed gratification muscle, anybody can develop it. I know, I know none of us, you know, grew up, you know, you know uh, woke up and said, yeah, you know what? I want pain. I want discomfort. I want, you know, we all want to sit on the couch and eat pizza and hamburgers and, and, and have six pack abs and have millions of dollars that we could have, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah, no, it's uh, so good. I tell people that all the time. What do you think it's uh, stops people from doing it? Is it just, I mean, I know what I think it is or how, what's the best thing to get someone to start um, down that road of delayed gratification? Is it, would you, what advice do you give? Is there something you tell people in your, your coaching? Or they have to have desire. I mean, I mean, without desire, what, I mean, what else do we have? The problem is so many people I mean, these days, you know, they don't have desire. They don't know what they want to do. They don't have a passion, you know? And I, um, I relate that to having too many choices. Mm. See, back in my old country, we had three channels on TV. And guess what? Every night, we found something cool to watch. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, The Zone, you know, all the cable, HBO, Cinemax, we have 5,000 channels and we can't find nothing to watch anymore if you wanted to. You know, so, so sometimes you have too many choices, you know, then the desire goes away because a confused mind can't make a decision. Yeah. No, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said people don't know what they want to do. And, and for me, what really started me down this road um, was when I started meeting with a life coach and she helped me put together a vision statement for my life. And I was able to see clearly what I wanted to do with my life. Then I was willing to stop doing certain things you know, I'm even now, like I got up, I get up at 4.30 in the morning, just about every morning I go to the gym because I have a clear vision for my life and I need to be in the office by seven o'clock in order to, to spend some time when nobody else is here to kind of, you know, see that thing, that needle move forward. But before I got up at 11 o'clock, <laughs> I, you know, like, because I didn't have a clear vision for my life, there was no reason not to get up. So it's almost like even when you do bodybuilding, you, you, you have to see a picture of somebody and go, okay, I, I could look like that maybe if I get up and 
do all this crazy stuff, you know, eat chicken breast and brown rice and broccoli and all this stuff. You, but you have to first kind of identify where you, where are you going? And I think too many people don't even know like what they want to do with their life. You know, like, like you mentioned. So how do you, how do you tell people to figure that out? Do you coach people on how to find their purpose or your, your uh, total transformation or camp transformation? I mean, absolutely. 100%. How do you, how do how, what's, what's the steps that you take them through? Is it like talking to somebody or how do they identify it? Oh well, yeah, sit down and, and, and see, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out what would you do for free? Mm. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you ask yourself, what would you do for free all day? If you had all the money in the world, what is your passion about? Guess what? If I get a hundred million dollar check tomorrow, it's what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. I'm still going to the gym. I'm still going to play around with the cars. I'm still going to do the same thing because I'm living my life the way I want to live my life. Right. Yeah, that is it really. There's something I actually launched a course uh, a few months ago and take, I take people through a six week process of uh, all these different exercises. And one of them is something called um, your icky guy. Have you ever heard of that? It's basically like, what are you good at? What do you enjoy? Um, what can you get paid for? And what does the world need? Yeah. You kind of ask yourself basically, and right in the middle of those four circles is your purpose. So true. Very, very well done. Yeah. So talk about the camp transformation center a little bit. Can you, what is the business model for that? Is that a coaching program or what is that? The camp transformation centers are my gyms. How many of them are there? 110? A little bit over a hundred. Yes. A little bit over a hundred gyms all across America and some in Mexico. Wow. Uh, we basically focus on transforming people's bodies because we know if they transform their body, all areas of their life will eventually transform as well. So what's, what's the, the niche? What's different about it than like, you know, a normal gym that you go in and just swipe your card and work out? Okay. So, you know, you know, you go in there, you know, there's classes, there's sessions. You know, it's not a gym that you can just go work out. So, you know, you go, you go in, there's a, there's a session every hour on the hour. There's an instructor. You know, we uh, walk you through the workouts. We give you a nutrition plan. We give you a supplementation plan. We give you a lifestyle plan for you to follow. You know, and, um, and we, um, we do weight loss challenges where, you know, when people do the work and, and get the results, we give their money back. That people pay monthly or is it just like a one-time fee? Like there's, there's many different you know, okay. there's models. You know, there's that you can do it monthly. You can pay a year in advance. You can pay six weeks at a time, depending on the program and, and what, what you're trying to do and your goals. So it's a lot more personalized attention now, it sounds like. Yeah. And, they, and they're franchised out? Yes, they are. Nice. How do people find you? As far as for franchising? Yeah. How do the franchise holders? Mainly word of mouth is is mainly somebody who's gone through a program that that's loved it so much that want to start their own or or somebody that they know to gone through the program they're like wow this is a cool uh it's a cool thing to get into because nothing is more fulfilling than making a difference in people's lives and being being able to feed your family with it yeah amen to that so how about the the one percent or what is can you explain that concept to me so when I first launched one percent 
you know, it was a lot of bad annotations about it because, you know, usually people say 1%, oh man, the guy's talking about how much money he has and all, you know, so when I first launched 1%, people thought I was talking about money or I'm, I'm a, you know, hey, just because you have a lot of money or you have six pack ab, you know, you're better than us. And it has nothing to do with that. My definition of 1% is different. My definition of 1% is somebody who doesn't like their circumstance right now and they want to change and they're willing to do whatever it takes to change. <laughs> no worries. God bless you. Um, so is it, okay, I know you got the supplement, the supplements are called the 1%, right? And then you got the podcast, but what is, what else is the 1%? What, what does it entail? So the supplements, we have the podcast and we have the coaching. Coaching. Online coaching, you know, people who want to become a one percenter, people who want to change, people who, who are willing to take, to take the next level. That's the 1%. Now these fit, the coaches, are they fitness buffs or are they, who are they? Are they people that have just made a lot of money also or a combination of both or? Which coaches? The people, so when they go through the one percent or coaching program, who's helping them through it? Is it like you are? Oh, you are personally. Okay. Where can people find that? Well, you can just go, you know, if, if you're interested, you know, just go to uh, my Instagram, message me CEO or, you know, just reach out to me on my community number 909 200 4015. You can text me there. Okay. And I'll ask you all the details. I'll put those in the show notes. Um, so, the books, the you wrote two books. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Total Body Transformation Secrets. Yeah. And becoming a, I guess the becoming a one percenter is pretty much everything that you just kind of told us about. Basically, it's 99 things that, you know, that I've learned to, to become the one percenter. Right. Awesome. What, what, what's the future hold for Sam Bakhtiar? Future holds just a lot of time with the family. A lot of, uh, you know, spending time with the children, vacationing, and just making a difference. You know, at this point in my life, you know, I have everything that I want, you know, and, um, and I'm just more uh, facing fulfillment and uh, chasing what really makes my heart happy. Yeah. When you say making a difference, what are you passionate about? What are your causes? I'm, I'm passionate about making a difference in people's lives through fitness, yeah. through mindset, through, through coaching them in their business. You know, I'm only good at what I know. And yeah. what do I know? Well, you know, I know fitness and I know business. You know what I mean? Those are two things that I'm strong at. You know, I don't know anything about anything else pretty much. My wife will attest to that, you know. Uh, but, you know, you know, fitness, nutrition, and business is, is where I'm strong at. Are you still... Working in the chiropractor's office? I never worked in chiropractor's office. I got my diploma. I gave it to my mom. Matter of fact, I'm staring at it right now, you know, because that was never been my passion. And I became a chiropractor because my mom said, become a chiropractor. Oh, wow. That, that explains you uh, not making any money. <laughs> had to take the long route through the bodybuilding world. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really enjoyed talking with you. Any, any last tips that you want to leave people with? You know, I know a lot of people are going through some tough times right now. And here's what I will tell you. When things are good, they're not always going to be good. So you have to prepare for the winter season. And when things are bad, they're not always going to be bad. You know, spring and summer is around the corner. Mm -hmm. But just, just keep going. Have faith. And know that obstacles, you know, is not in the way. Obstacle is the way. Yeah. I often say the wilderness prepares you for the promised land. 
And I don't know how many times I've had to remind myself of when I was going through a tough time, not that long ago, where I'm like, it won't always be like this. Like life is seasonal. Sooner or later, it's going to change. You just got to ride it out. Yeah. So, all right, Sam, well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right.